This is the multi-sport podcast for triathletes, duathletes, sportive riders, road racers, time trialists, runners, mountain bikers, fitness enthusiasts, sported by No Pins and Southwark Racing. Uh, whatever your distance and whatever your event, this podcast aims to make you smarter and faster. Right, this is a slightly different podcast. This is midway through a bike fit. This is the 139th JBST.com Smartcast. This is coming live on a Saturday morning from Southport Racing in Devon. So we're going to get good background noise going on. Cars, people, tools being dropped, people throwing tools at one another and so forth. Um, I'm Coach Joe Beer and I'm joined today by... Well, introduce yourself. Well, my name's Alice Smith and... uh yeah, I'm coached by Joe Beer. But more importantly, much more importantly, you're going to... Well, it's a big island called Hawaii. Uh, going to be racing at Kona. There we go. So, um, I think the reason why I said let's do this is because the journey to get there is often more important than what people do there. Because what you do there is a one day, one snap. What did you do? And before that, there's lots of things. So how have you got to this point in triathlon? Uh, Crikey's, I started triathlon in 2013, where I did Ironman Wales. Um, sort of, it's gone on from there. Okay, uh, first, what was the splits on Ironman Wales 2013? Oh, Crikey's, um, probably did a 136 swim. Uh, 6.20. Was that a swim or was that a float? Well, it was more like a float, I think. Um, then a 6.20 bike, followed by a 4.25 marathon. That was my first ever Ironman. That's, yeah. See, that, that straight away says to me that, that run already had a little bit of mm, something there, you know. There's people that, you know, do Ironman for ages that only just get to the just over four hours and that's some of their better runs. So you do Wales, that's less than two years ago. Yep. Okay. Yep. So you go through that winter. What was the winter like? Uh, pretty much didn't do anything. I was at university at the time, so very much in student. So you didn't do stuff. anything at all then? <laughs> no, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't start my training again until the, well, mid-May. Right, um, okay. And there's a lesson there for some people, okay. Yeah, um, and then I got into, sort of had a better idea of what the training was all about, uh, did a bit more mileage and etc. Okay. Um, and then I went into the race and managed to knock an hour and 10 minutes off. Okay, so you, you waited a whole year till your next one? Yeah, yeah, I didn't okay. have anything. Okay. So again, uh, I think there's, there's something in that about not, you know, not trying to hammer out too many Ironmans too early. Your body takes a while to get used to it. You know, yeah. the rigours of it. And, you know, you're young and you can do it. But to be able to get your body through that and to recover, to go through the cycle. And did you, did you feel better prepared going into the second one with, a, you know, with, with one ticked and the whole Ironman thing, slightly less of a mysterious thing? Did you find that uh, going into it in 2014, so a year ago, just under, um, what was your mindset and what, was your, what did you feel like capacity-wise? There's definitely less daunting. Um, Oh, hold on a minute. Martin Crocker's coming in the room. Hold on a minute. Because you've, sto- you've stolen his show for the, for the day. He might just walk by. Keep going, keep going. Come no, on. It's <laughs> too bad. <laughs> damn, 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 damn. I wish we could get this on camera. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I knew what it was all about. I knew what the pain was going to be like. Um, for me, the big thing was nutrition. Okay. Sort of just getting that down you and knowing how it works. And the whole experience was just a lot 
nicer, even though I had a competitive time I wanted to go for, it was still a much nicer experience knowing what, what it was going to be like yeah. going to the yeah. second one. Yeah, I think you've got, you've got to get that first one out of the way. Um, for some people, it's going back to the distance and trying it all over again and going, oh, right, that's what it took. I'd forgotten about that and that and that. And so you're on a roll. You take uh, an, an hour... Hour and ten. Hour and ten off, so that brought you down to... 11.30, just over, well, 11.31. Okay. Um, and in your age group that you're in the 1825s? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Where did that put you in Wales? Fourth for that one. Okay. Um, previously, it was 17th, so good improvement, but just on the border of sort of being at the top but not quite there. And yeah. But it showed, it showed again, and I, I say this phrase and, and don't want to over-say it, but talent shines and it shines fairly quickly. If you do the right training, you will get, you know, you'll get that jump of, you know, an hour, okay, of experience, but also of nipping up to the top three are just in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. And how close was the third person to you? Uh, I think it was only about 10 minutes. Right, okay. In between. Okay. So. Which 10 minutes is a percentage of, you know, 10 hours or 600 minutes. You start thinking, oh, that's a small percentage. Mm. Yeah. So that was um, September 2014. Yeah. What happened then? Uh, basically at the award ceremony then, um, I went down to the roll down and I saw the top three collecting their prizes and I was like a bit disheartened and knew that it was in my grasp to, to sort of achieve that qualification slot. Yeah. And so from there, I sort of had a military career in mind, wanted to become an army officer, and I was set to go through my final selection. And then something clicked in my ma- mind, and I was like, right, I got time to do this now. I'll take a year out and sort of concentrate yeah. on getting to Kona. That's when I got in contact with you for some coaching. Oh, I'm glad it was that way around, and it's not me blame, not me to blame for the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, this yeah. is all afterwards. And then from there, I decided to pretty much give 100% and trying to get in. My uh, Kona slot. Okay, so going into October 2014, um, did anything change in terms of how much you trained through that winter? I know there was a training camp you came on in the February, but did anything change October to February? Was there any difference in what you did? Oh, massively. Uh, sort of the low heart rate training was the big thing for me, just getting out there and doing a lot of mileage, but at very low intensity and sort of sticking in that zone one. Um, took a bit of getting used to it at first, but... Low intensity, but, but, but moderate enough that you didn't feel as though... You yeah, were... it wasn't too sluggish that you yeah. didn't... Got back and you weren't yeah. sort of knackered, but enough to know that you'd done a yeah. decent... And if, it is, if, it, if people, I think, the, the argument is, if it's slow to stay in zone, in zone one, sorry then, but at that point, you're slow. And there's no, you know, there's no, oh, I want to jump past zone one and get to get to when my zone one is is big and... And, and fit actually you get a fit zone one by banking the hours yeah probably what the old school called you know putting the time in the bank and that wasn't racing that was putting the time in the bank so you did that through the winter um but previous winters you hadn't trained as much oh, well, i pretty much hadn't done anything at all sort right. of when i get got back from university for christmas and easter I'd sort of do a few hard weeks of training but in between it was very much a student lifestyle of right. not doing a whole lot okay okay um, so you go through uh, winter 2014 into this year, 2015. You come on a training camp, you're training with other people that, you know, there's, there's um, various levels of ability, but you've got some solid age groups and some, uh, you, know, um, you know, professional um, athletes in the, in the mix. Did that tell you anything? Did you learn much? Did you come away from it, you know, 
with a view that anyway you were going into Lanzarote Ironman, but did it, did, was there anything it, it did in terms of being around those people? Because that was obviously something totally new thrown into the mix. Yeah, sort of training with these sorts of people and not being a million miles away from them, you sort of pick things up and the sorts of people that were on the camp, you pick things up from them and that you can just take it away and just chat and just, yeah, just generally get the tips and you can take away from there. Okay, but, um, okay. Um, any... Any specific through the winter, up until not the race itself in Lanzarote, but anything before, was there any like eureka moments in training or anything where something suddenly went, oh, click, blimey? And it could be, you know, it could be something that, that clicked in your swim, out on the bike, during a run, a particular week, a particular thing that you did. Was there any one thing that said, this is my year? Um... I don't know really, sort of going through training and went for a run and you do this low heart rates and you see what minute mile in you're doing. And I remember doing my first run of that sort of late October and it was keeping below 150 odd beats per minute. And I remember doing about eight minute mile in for, a, for an hour's run. Yeah. Um, and then before going into Lanzarote, a good few weeks before, I sort of did that exact same route, exact same um, course and mileage and then I was running seven minutes per mile for the same heart rate and I was like crikey that's a, a massive chunk to knock off for the same heart rate so it, I knew I was in a better place then because all the training would be worthwhile yeah seeing that you're much more efficient and right. you can go a lot faster for the same sort of effort you were doing before mm. all the training so that is that, that is was, that's the brilliant sort of thing because you've, you've found out data from just you know a fairly basic training scenario um, and there is upon uh, 220triathlon.com at the moment five ways to test your fitness and I think the way you've just talked about it is one of those ways is to you know simply say I'm just going to do that route once I'm warmed up I'm not going to you know rush the warm up and get quicker just because I've rushed the warm up I'm actually going to um, you know set aside an amount of time to properly run at a certain heart rate and see how far I get. Um, I also want to add at this point, I've never heard the people behind me with with tools and bits and pieces, firstly, not swear, secondly, not throw anything on the floor, and, and thirdly, be so quiet. It's amazing. I don't know why, but it's obviously the, um, the, the awe that you are. It's the awe that you're <laughs> emanating, you know. Um, so you had that minute per mile drop, which straight away went, ooh, that's going to be useful. Because, um, to, to my mind, that shows you're, you're fuel efficient, your economy of movement efficient, and you're not putting so much stress on your body. Um, you're still putting more stress with the same heart rate because you travel further. So yeah. if you travel, you know, if it's, um, if it's a minute per mile and it's, and it's out of eight minutes, then you're 12% better off. So in any one training block, you can essentially do 12% more work. So you're putting more through the system, but whilst that will slightly raise carbohydrate usage, so you've got to certainly keep on the ball with carb usage, it shows you're becoming fat efficient and economical. So you can never take your eye off the ball, you need the fuel, but it says of your engine, you're getting more out of it by not pushing it quite so hard. So race one, Lanzarote, 2015, what happened? Um, well, I went into the race quite, quite well prepared. Sort of my whole start of the season was uh, based around this race and sort of where I've aim to get my Kona qualification. Um, the reason I chose that race is it's quite early on in the season and 
having done the uh, training camp in Lanzarote, it gave me a better idea of what I was going into. The only uh, downside was that there were only 40 slots in the uh, for the race, which means uh, in my age group there's only that one slot, so it was uh, okay. a massive gamble. But okay. um, yeah, again, the race is well prepared. So it went out a week before and... Shh, shh, Martin Crocker's coming back <laughs> in the room. You, you've stolen his stool. <laughs> I'm only here to take pictures. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, and then come race day, it was, it was what it was and I couldn't have given any more. Some things didn't go to plan, some things went better, better than I expected. But okay, what was the splits? Roughly? Uh, roughly? 108 swim, 555 bike, and then a three... Crikey, what was it? Three... 40 marathon. Okay. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. Roughly. Oh, I don't know roughly. Splits. No. <laughs> Plus or minus one minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or maybe 10 seconds. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so, so again, you know, that run, getting into the threes on that course on that day, again, says, you know what, that's the place where you're going to make the biggest, you know, ironically for, for people that I think try to play their cards on the bike and sort of think that somehow that's not going to affect the run. But I can see from those splits and straight away early on, I was like, this guy can run off the bike, which is how you've got to be if you're going to qualify because it's pointless getting to T2 and to be in contention and then just see everybody run away because you can't do anything about it. So you came away from that with what sort of, I mean, go through, go through like post-race, award ceremony, stuff like that. Just well, build, the, sort build of, the picture. Yeah, so... Literally straight after the race, uh, well, after I finished and came out of the medical tent, I saw... Come out, oh, oh, come on, come out of the medical tent. Add some detail there. Oh, uh, well, I was on the IV, I was a bit dehydrated, so I uh, had a bit of fluid put it back into me. Okay. So I literally came out of the medical tent and I saw my parents talking to some some guy and I walked over and he was the eventual winner of my age group, a German, and he ended up doing a 9.30 and coming ninth overall. So I was a bit... Well, I knew that my slot wasn't going to be there that race and I wasn't taken back by that because obviously he's miles, miles ahead and an hour and ten minutes ahead of me overall. So okay. there was no way I was anywhere near him. So all, all of a sudden my mind just switched straight to Ironman UK then, my next attempt of yeah. Kona qualification. But it was nice to be on the podium, get my first Ironman trophy on the second step down from the podium. But so, so you think about that... Uh... 18 months or close so October, November, December, January, February, March, April okay let's say actually it was um, 20 months after your first Ironman you're on the podium yeah so you know that's that's talent shines not necessarily quickly but it shines so there's certainly something there where you know lots of people would would love to say I'd really like to qualify for Kona or you know be they a time trialist nice little background noise there lovely little bit of uh, fettling with the uh, Scott plasma in the background um, there's lots of you know people that would like to set these goals but after a while your your race trajectory where your splits and times are going starts to settle into a pattern and you can see from yours you know 20 months and you're on the podium and you're very close to that slot so what races and what things did you do between Lanzarote and Ironman UK? Because you didn't have a lot of time. You know, you're not talking another eight months to go off and, you know, get back to the drawing board. No, it was quite a busy few months going through June and July. Um, I had Ironman staff 70.3. Yeah. Um, that was my next race after Lanzarote. Um, 
So I came second in my age group there. So second in in staffs. Yeah, so seventy point three staffs. Okay, so um, then again, then you've got speed. You're not just somebody that says, "Oh, it takes me six hours before I get into the race." What were your splits for that? Um, Crikey, I think it's thirty-five minutes swim. Yeah. Um, two. I just can't even remember. Two forty on the bike, something. Yeah. For my knee injury, and then I just ran under a one thirty mar- half marathon. So. Okay. That was that was on the comebacks and managed to pick up an injury, um, doing some soft tissue damage to my knee and some ligament strain. So it was a bit of touch and go with I'd actually race, and I couldn't go full gas. But yeah, it was it was a good race, and it was just a way of me getting my uh, strategies um, and the way sort of ready for Ironman UK and build a better picture. Okay. How that race would go. Okay. So over short distance, it not only gave you the chance to test your body. And not break it because Ironman's, you know, to some extent, you 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 beat up, aren't you? Let's face it. Yeah, you're not yeah, just like next day. Oh, I reckon in two or three days' time, I'm going to be out training again. You know, you get beaten up by Ironman. You can build out of a seventy point three, particularly as for you, it's half distance. Okay, if somebody's doing Olympic. Seventy point three is going to leave them a little bit more, uh, um, should we say, uh, uh, challenged. For you, it's half distance. You get a test of, you know, speed. Again, you're up there with people that are probably specialising in that distance. And also, um, it gives your body the once-over to say, oh, things are functioning okay. So out of, um, out of that part of the, the story, staff said to you, okay, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Sort of give me a, a boost, confidence booster moving forward to the ITU World Distance Long champ- uh, long Distance Championships in Sweden then. In okay, and for people that wouldn't know necessarily the distance of the ITU Worlds, what was the distances? Um, well, it was meant to be a four-mile swim. A what? A 4K swim, sorry. There we go, 4K. Yeah, 4K swim. Yeah. But that was shortened to a 1,500-metre swim because it was a bit chilly. Yeah. Um, I think it was... A thumbs up for Nick in the background, so that's the plasma <laughs> ready. A 72-mile bike and then an 18-mile run. Right. So again, that's favouring. That's favouring you. Let's be yeah, fair. Yeah, it's, you've got an eighteen-mile run and a shorter swim. Um, lots of people saying, "Oh, we want that distance all the time." Yeah. But um, no, the distances are the distances. But when you get a shortened swim, which was what temperature? Oh, I think it's twelve degrees. Right. Okay. So they have to they have to shorten it. Um, and how did that race go? And what did it tell you? Um, it was a good race. Uh, I sort of the swim got the swim out of the way and then onto the bike. I wasn't under, I didn't have any expectations going into the race, which was nice for me because there was no, no uh, qualification worries or anything. So I could literally just go out, enjoy the, enjoy the representation of GB. Um, yeah. And sort of, again, because there's a longer run, longer bike, it's put my uh, Ironman strategy into practice again. Okay. Um, which was really beneficial before Ironman UK. So just getting all that sort of out of the way and getting that done was a big big okay. boost so position in age group uh fourth so just missed out on a podium podium and a world medal but okay that wasn't the be all and end all of uh how hard did you have to race that to get to fourth how much um i wouldn't say that i absolutely broke myself but yeah i did push myself pretty hard okay um on the bike I might have overcooked it and I definitely thought I had with the way I was feeling when coming into T2 but when you're searching for the finish line after the first mile on the run you know it's going to be a sort of long day but I uh, sort of got into into rhythm and 
managed to pick up a lot of places on the run, which is... Yeah, which again is that encouraging thing of, oh, it's going to come down to the run. Um, it's not holding your position on the run. Really, you want to be taking people. Yeah. Because it's very, you know, you, you then put people under stress. On the bike, you can sort of take somebody and they can... They can just sort of, you know, race a bit smarter, be a bit better on their power application and actually not lose too much time on the run to get beaten and, you know, in in the first six miles and then to come back from that takes a bit of doing. Um, I don't think there's any strong runners that start off saying, I'm going to take it really easy. However, you came out of Worlds and your body was telling you what? Beat up? Okay? Injured? Fine? What? My yeah, I was pretty injured at the time with my knee. I uh, couldn't do hardly any training, and that got me down a bit. Um, had quite a lot of physio, etc. Um, so that knocked me a little bit. But I knew if I could overcome the injury, then I was fit. I knew what I was doing uh, strategy-wise, and it left me in a better place than before. And if I hadn't done those two races, so okay, yeah. Injury aside, I was in a very good place. So, okay. So, and the time scale between the ITU <clears throat> Worlds and Ironman UK was oh, um, I think it was just over six weeks. Was it? Okay, around about six weeks. Okay, and then build up to Ironman UK. You're thinking this has got to be. I think we spoke about it. We said, this is it. This is your chance. Look at all the, you know, podiums and top fives. You can do this. How did, like, the last, say, three, four weeks go before? Um, I can't really remember what was training-wise, but I knew I was getting there with my injury and yeah. I was doing some key sessions that uh, made me feel a lot better. You know, you get one of those key sessions done, a good hard session, and you feel good, your numbers are good, and it just puts you in a lot better place. Um, okay. And that was the main thing for me. I'm, I very much go on how I feel. And if I'm in a good place, then I'll race better. But if I'm in a bad place, then I could be the slowest person in the world and okay. get down about it. But for me, it's just remaining positive. And yeah. if I feel good, then I'll, I'll race well. And what what were the, if you could pick a week, what were the <coughs> the key sort of sessions in a week that you were doing? What was what what, what did you hang the whole week off? Uh, sort of the, the long... Uh, race paced efforts um, so going out and doing a three hour ride but then chucking in 20 minutes at uh, Ironman pace yeah. feeding like you would for an Ironman um, just making sure that you you know what you're going to do on race day and it's, it's fresh in your mind so you, yeah. you know that when you go into the race it's all going to be there not not getting flustered and wondering what's going to happen okay so not much high high intensity no, I don't think... I shied away a bit from that with my injury, so I wanted to yeah. keep away from all the sort of high-intensity stuff. Yeah. Um, so for, for me, it was just about keeping the fitness where it was. Yeah. Not necessarily gaining any fitness, but not losing any at the same time. Just okay. staying in that position. Um, a lot of sessions with people on your own, when you could do it, set times, how, how, how flexible or inflexible was what... What was going on for you? Well, with work, it's very much sort of evenings and being a weekend warrior sort of thing. So okay. I, I tend to train with people, uh, with the group. Um, I find it a lot easier and you do push yourself a bit harder mm. in those sessions, which I find beneficial. So, yeah, I, I definitely like training with people. Um, I find going out for a three, four hour ride by myself very 
very hard to do and try and avoid it if I can. <laughs> you, you avoid being with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Too much thinking time. So, um, Ironman UK itself, the actual race. Yeah, so we got there a few days before the race. Um, went to check out the swim area. Went to check out the bike course. Wasn't too impressed with it, but um, it was what it's going to be. And two, two different locations for the transitions. Um, it was very bitty and ideal preparation. It wasn't. It wasn't great, um, but I knew I had to had to do it and just give my best. So just got on with it and couldn't didn't worry about the things that I couldn't worry about. So okay. Was, and how did swim by run go on the race day? Because um, it, was, it wasn't the best of weather, was it? No, the weather was pretty horrendous with howling winds, rain at the start. Swim was pretty uneventful. I just got round and did my usual thing, just came out in 110. Uh, got onto the bike, absolutely freezing cold and torrential right. rain. Okay. Um, took me a good 50 miles before my legs got, got to the power and didn't feel sluggish. Okay. Um, okay. But by that time... My power wasn't down, but my speed wasn't up, so I knew it was going to be a tough run getting to T2, and I was in a really bad place. Um, <laughs> but that's not very nice to say about Bolton. Just, well, um, yeah, I've, I wouldn't go back there necessarily, but each to their own. I, I didn't really enjoy the race, even with the Kona qualification. Okay, but, um, okay. but you, so you got to T2 in the sense that what you thought, it's... It's a long shot for me to win this, or blimey, this is, this, I'm going to have to earn this because at the moment I feel like I'm yeah coming I'm out off, of it. Coming off the bike, I was, this is going to be a long, long 26.2 miles, and I wasn't sure where I was in my, my age group, but I knew it'd taken a few places on the bike. Um, so it was very much about just getting into my rhythm, settling mm. in, and then go as hard as you can, see if you can hold on. Okay. And in hindsight, where were you off the bike? Oh, I'm not actually too sure. Couldn't right. tell you. Right. But um, onto the run, and I was sort of discussed with you what my plan was. Uh, easy through the first 10k, pick it up a little bit for the for the half marathon, and then literally just go for it and see how far you get from there and what pace you run at. Okay. Whilst okay. keeping the nutrition and the pacing. Okay, wow. okay. So, um, in terms of you, you land, you know, you, you land at a spot where you're thinking you're ahead, you know you're ahead, you've got six miles to go. What, at what point did you realise this is actually going to happen? No idea. Didn't have right. any idea until I crossed the finish line and checked okay. on, on, the, uh, on the online results. Okay, okay. Um, and I had a, I had a bizarre... Yeah, premonition of this, of this <laughs> can I was putting out in recycling and I popped it it had been one of these cans so you've got to envisage this you've got a can and you put it in an opener and it goes all the way around but leaves a little bit left on so there's a, the lid's still connected and I crush it and it pops up and it looks like the Iron Man logo doesn't it? Yeah and I sent you the picture and went guess what I got on my mind and it was this <laughs> thing and you and me more sat watching the uh, Tour de France yeah. with your feet up um, which is a good uh, a, a good lesson to uh, to sort of uh, learn um, so you, you have to literally get to the finish cross the finish line and did they tell you at that point or did you find out no so I I sort of saw my parents then went into the 
transition tent get changed and I looked at the online results and a second and I knew the second was enough for for the Kona slot, there's two slots and I came out and I was knackered at the time so I wasn't didn't have much emotion to show but secretly in my mind I was yeah, pretty pretty chuffed. Good, good. So that was that was job done and then the season becomes one race longer. Yeah. Because, you know, it it could have been that well, could have, could have, should have, would have. I mean, obviously, after Ironman UK, you either then go, well, is there a late one that I can suddenly dash into and get, you know, somebody that say, look, I'm close to qualifying, have you got extra spaces, blah, blah, blah. Or you say, well, that's the end of that project. Um, you couldn't have deferred another year, could you? No, I... No, no, no. So, so it was, you know, and I think we spoke about it, and sometimes I think it's, it's maybe a different mindset for whether somebody's a, um, uh, a duathlete doing a, a small race or they're a time trialist racing quite often. Or wh- whatever, whatever your sport is, sometimes you have to say, I'm not going to get this chance again. I've got to, you know, quite literally seize the day. And that, that just means making the most of it. But sometimes I think there's a mindset, there's always another race around the corner. And you didn't have that with Ironman UK. No. It was that. Um, you know, it was uh, quite literally um, that or bust. My last chance. Yeah. yeah. And so suddenly you're, you're going, whoa. Had you even entertained the idea that you're going to Kona? I mean, because that's a, dif- that's a different, it's like click. Oh, I'm going to Hawaii in October. Oh, I've got a bit more training to do. And oh, it's going to be hot there. I mean, no, a load of things suddenly open up to you, don't they? Yeah, you, your mind goes into sort of overdrive. And it took me a good few weeks and a good few uh, videos on YouTube of Kona highlights to get me get me a bit pumped and to actually realise that I'm going to the big island and I'll be racing yeah. the Ironman World Championships. And yeah. sometimes you have to just take a step back and look where you've come from and to realise what you're going to be doing. Yeah, so under two years from your first Ironman. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, 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 sorry, it'd be two years in a month. Two years in a two month. Two years in a month, yeah. it'd be to the, to the uh, from a 12... 12.40. 12.40 at, at uh, uh, Ironman Wales in uh, 2013. And then uh, 25 months later, you're in Kona. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not, Evan, that's not Evan's trajectory. Lots of people, it, you know, it, it, it is... I say it impossible and on paper it's impossible i i really do think there are you know there are not just all the people that enter ironman have a have a chance of of um, winning their age group i think we have to be realistic that you know there's a certain amount of people that can and a certain amount of people that that can and there's the ones in the middle that might but it's all got to come off and they do have to change many things but your um as i'm going to coin the phrase performance trajectory was already you know you've gone 1240 You've then gone, what, 11.30? 11.30. Yeah, you've then gone to Wales, which, uh, sorry, um, Lanzarote. Lanzarote, which is harder again, and you went... 10.55. 10.55, and then you went to Ironman UK and went... 10.25. 10.25. So, course differences aside, you were still rolling out faster speeds, um, and your Ironman run time had come down. Yeah. Because we said all about this, it was going to come down to the run. Yeah. In Ironman UK, and you're going to have to pull one out of the bag. And you pulled a... 3.14. 3.14. Now, that's class, you know. For an age group athlete, that is class. There's lots of people that, you know, in, in Kona, don't get anywhere near that. So, 
I don't know whether you'll do that in Kona. I do, know, I do hope <laughs> yeah. you do, and you hope you do. But, yeah. but it's a it's nice. a di- it's a, dif- it's different, a different ballgame, thing, yeah. and it's, you know, it's another race, and it's a race where I think people get there, and you know, sometimes just say, "Wow, this is going to be great," or "This is second time here. I reckon I've got a chance at you know this place or this place." So it is a diff- you know, it's a different kind of place to be going into this race where you don't have to qualify because you have, but you still want to have a good race because you've kind of you know you've sort of earned. You've earned, you've earned this position to go, I've got to go for it. But at the same time, you want to enjoy it and not go bang and end up saying, oh, I had such a bad day because I got all this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. And then it ends up being, you know, a bit of a nightmare. So you're in that juggling place, aren't you? Yeah, I, I'm under no illusion that I want to go there and sort of set myself a top 10 target or whatever. It's, for me, I just want to go out and hopefully achieve a personal best um, and do myself and my training and get into Hawaii justice and have a good day and not sort of say that all right okay a lot of people go there and I don't want my first first race at Ironman Hawaii to be an absolute rubbish race and sort of fall apart and regret sort of doing some things so I just want a good solid race and to be happy with my performance and yeah not come away with any sort of regrets. And also, probably like probably like Ironman UK, it's um it's a good idea that you don't go in there. You've got to go in there with with. There's got to be sort of pressure to perform. If you if you weren't training, as I know, um, as I know you are at present, to to get to the specifics of Kona in terms of the heat, in terms of bringing yourself back up to another Ironman distance race. If you if you weren't being ready for it, it would absolutely you know eat you up and spit you out. But. You've also got to be realistic that if you really train hard and you really go there, you're just gonna, you're just not gonna enjoy it. You know, you've got a landing cone and think, oh, I'm on the island, wow. And what will be will be, but I I do think that there are lots of people, pros and age groupers, that that get there with the wrong mindset, and you can't force it. And if you do force it and think this is the World Championships, I'm going to really make it happen, you you end up. Not going with, as people say, you know, the, the gods of the island are not with you. you yeah. You're just you're trying to force something that isn't going to happen. And um, I think the realism of being able to do kind of a solid race that really allows you to get into your, you know, your sort of performance area, but at the same time, you know, look who's coming back the other way on the run and think, wow, such and such is leading and such and such is just behind. Because you can't, you can't be in your little, you know, blinkered zone and, and ignore what's going to be the big race because you're still getting on with yours anyway. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of things that go on in, the, in and around the race. Um, and it's an awesome place, but because you've been to Lanzarote to race the Ironman and on the, the training camp as well, you've kind of already had an experience of what volcanic islands are like. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, this is a different one. But it's the third Ironman in your year. Yeah, so I'll, there's no doubt that I'll be a bit fatigued and still have those two Ironman in my legs. But uh, yeah, it will be nice just to go there and sort of see all the big names, go to breakfast with Bob and just soak up the atmosphere. Um, that's what what it's all about really yeah and it's it's also i think having um uh having kind of a um a list of things you want to do when you're there that that are connected or disconnected from the race some people want to go off and you know see the 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 volcano or you know two days after the race if they can walk they want to go and see if they can walk and 
walk and go and see the dolphins or whatever. You know, I think I think it's important to get more out of it than just, you know, ten hours, four minutes. Do yeah. you know what I mean? I hope it's not four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nine fifty nine then. Yeah. But, um, but but yeah, it's, and it, from a journey point of view, to start at that initial, I want to do an Ironman, I want to do Wales, and you know, there's changes in what you thought, you know, it was down to Lanzarote at one point this year. Yeah. And then Ironman UK has to be, right, plan B. And now there's a good plan C, which is, oh, now I've qualified, I've actually got Kona. So it, it can go varying ways. And I, and I think it is important for people to realise that the plans come from the outside look like somebody's had this perfect sort of, you know, it just follows a, a, a vein of constant, like, almost like constant perfection. Actually, in the background, there's these ups and downs that, that, that almost almost are invisible to people that just say, oh, you qualify for Kona, and they don't see what things have happened in terms of the downside of you know, being uh, injured at points and keeping your body together, other points where you know, you're racing um, and, and not necessarily knowing that this is not going to be the race, and actually I'm going to be qualifying at a different race. And that, that, that variance of what's going on, I think, is more apparent in what I see in people's... Um, training and racing then they would probably admit i think a lot of people think they've got this plan and this plan is just going to absolutely roll to form because they've got a plan and I, and I will make the plan work and it's like yeah you can have any plan that doesn't mean it's actually going to follow form and if it doesn't how do you react and i think what my biggest lesson in watching you and advising you has been that you've been able to be flexible and get it done as best as you can and if it hasn't happened, you've just gone, okay, right, what's next? You haven't sort of, you know, thrown your toys out. You haven't, um, you know, got really angry with it. You've just gone with the flow. And I think there's a real big, big, big lesson in that is, is going with the flow of what happens because you can't force it. And that's what will happen in Kona. you just got to go with the flow. Yeah, I think you make it a lot harder for yourself if you don't adapt and if you can't be flexible and take on those changes because it just makes it a lot harder for you. Um, I think in most cases you just have to take it on the chin and just move on from there. Take take away some learning experiences and put them to bed at the next race sort of mm, thing. Yeah. Um, Kona, I'm going to put you on the spot now. What would you like to do in Kona? Time-wise or...? Well, no, no. Which coffee bar would you like to go to? Uh, no, what times in an ideal, realistic scenario? Uh, my dream, dream would be to go sub-10. Okay. But realistically, I, I'd be over the moon with the personal best. Anything under 10, 20 would be over the moon. Okay. But yeah, something is sticking in my head about that sub 10. But it's a... Okay, okay. Which, which you know, which is, it, that's still a carrot. If somebody says, oh, I'm just going to go and do the race, I think, I think they will get surprised because it's not going to, you know, it's an Ironman, so straight away it's going to be hard and they haven't kept themselves on the ball. Because we are 29th of August today when we're recording, you still got five weeks. It's it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be an hour and a quarter darker. Yeah. The temperatures would have dropped a few degrees, and that effect of how long you are here in the UK before you travel out starts to tell your body and often tell people, "Blimey, this is late in the season." You'll get there, and there'll be more daylight. The temperatures will be warm, and suddenly go, "Oh, actually." this is all right, my body's, you know, been tricked to keep going. But I think that's the hardest thing, is for people to keep their form going, particularly if they've done one of the earliest races. Yeah. 
you know, you've gone from Lanzarote, which for most UK athletes is probably the earliest they race. Um, okay, there's some earlier ones coming in, but you've gone from there and then you've done, you know, a May, a July, and then an October. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the third one in the year. You've, you know, you've gone from one a year to two a year to three in a year. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so taking that on board is, yeah, it's, it's, it's been good for me just racing through, racing, recovering, racing, recovering, and sort of not getting bogged down with the training aspect. So for me, it's sort of played into my hands and it's, well, we'll see if it's, uh, if it pays off come uh, five weeks time. Okay. Um, and we are just finishing off your bike fit with the, uh, uh, the, uh, as it's now known, the, the link up between Scott and uh, Radlab Ball, which is now called Smart Fit Ergonomic Bike Position, as the software tells me. Um, so you are going to be, I guess as a simple thing, you're going to be riding on a, a plasma, you're going to be riding with power, you're going to have, you know, aero wheels, aero kit... Uh, a few uh, secret weapons, no doubt, that we will unveil at some point. Yeah. Um, and yet, at the same time, it comes down to a foot race. It does, yeah. But that puts you in a sort of having those things puts you in a better position to uh, to be able to to get the legs moving and have a decent run. Okay. Um, so this has been something that I I was thinking you're doing and I've been making the questions up as I've been going along thinking what have we learned and what's been going on but I think it's really useful oh some I think that's your one you know what that is because I've tweeted that we're doing this podcast I think your phone just picked that up in the background and it's obviously got this global check on your name (laughs) and the moment your name appears anywhere on the internet it pops up and tells you yeah not quite (laughs) (laughs) um it's a coincidence that I put it up on Twitter and straight away it, it, it sounded me out. So, so, so thank you because it's good to sort of get a, a personal insight because often people are not, um, they're not necessarily um, looking behind somebody's race performance to actually see what it is that went on. You see, sort of see Kona qualify and just presume, oh, he's done it before or, you know, uh, he's, um, you know, he's, He's raced a race that nobody else knows about, and that's how he's got there. Do you know what I mean? People think there's these secret races somewhere you can get in. Um, years ago, I mean, I qualified for Kona. I did it over half distance when you could do over half distance, and it just suited my body better to do that than to try and qualify over full distance. Now, you know, you've, you've, you will not get a, um, a, a secret uh, rabbit wall, and there never was and never will be a way um, once qualification became paramount rather than, oh, I want to do it, which was... I can't remember what year qualification became um, uh, absolute, but aside from the people that can get um, the lottery slots or people that get in via the uh, the VIP route, people that you'll be around in Kona will be there based on very, very valid criteria. They can race Ironman, whether they're 18 to 25 or whether they're 70 to 80, you know, and that it's a very high caliber level of athlete. And if they're not a high level caliber of athlete, the island will let them know. Yeah. Okay. So thank you very much. Really good insight. Really good to kind of, um, well, not only see the build up to this, but also to be able to follow it up um, when you eventually uh, come back to uh, dark, cold, wet UK in, uh, well, you're probably going to stay in Kona now and just, yeah, just live, be, a life be, be a, live, live a life of once a year racing. But um, to come back and to, to, to fill in the detail about the race and what you learned and what was great. So I want you to be making notes while you're out there of, you know, try my best. 
you know, my daily diary, just a little bit, because you'll forget it otherwise and it'll be gone. But also to have a, a sort of a follow-up to, for most people, they'll listen to this. Okay, if they're not a triathlete, they won't go to Kona because you've got to be able to do three sports, not just uh, one. But also if they, if they ever thought about it or just thought, what's it like? We can get some detail from you doing it this year, 2015, World Championships. We'll link your results up on the Twitter feed and all that. Only if they're decent. Only <laughs> yeah. if they're decent. And um, so, yeah, it's time for us to uh, finish up now because Martin Crocker's back in the room, so we'd better finish up. Don't just do a hand signal. Just... That, you almost nearly finished. hand signal. People think I'm saluting. Well, you were. Um, you were, Martin. OK, so end of the podcast. Appreciate your um, reviews and ratings at iTunes. Contact us via the JBST or CoachDoBeer.com website. Newsletter is going out uh, next week and updates between the, um, the podcasts are at CoachDoBeer Twitter feed. Follow on Facebook slash CoachDoBeer. Also uh, at Southport Racing, there's, there's uh, tweets from Martin. See you, Martin. This is just going out the door. Bye. Um, Thank you for listening. Remember, train smart and have fun.